0: Welcome to the Triangle Gardener Magazine Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. Today, we meet a gardener with unique gardening abilities and tour her creation.
1: One of the things I should have said that I have an advantage to in my gardening is oftentimes he'll find me out here after dark doing my gardening in the summer because it's cooler. <laughs>
0: Thanks to Garden Destinations, who sponsored this story. Garden Destinations is a new digital magazine for travelers who want to include the world's finest public gardens and garden destinations in their travel plans. You can find them at their website, Gardendestinations.com. I met Mary because of her dog. He's this big, friendly dog with a job to do. And when I discovered she was a gardener, well, the usual subjects came up. Plants, the weather, our soil. And when Mary invited me to come and see her garden, I jumped at the chance, because I hadn't visited a garden like hers before. I started our conversation by asking her if she'd been a gardener her whole life.
1: Pretty much, pretty much, yeah, from a young age, and um, even when after I went off on my own and... and um, As a young adult, I used to have a big, huge vegetable garden and loved to preserve all my vegetables and do canning and everything, but I don't do that anymore. Now it's predominantly the flowers that I enjoy.
0: We were talking on her porch, and I could see out to her colorful flower beds. There was a slight breeze, and we were enveloped by this heavenly scent drifting in from her garden. Decades ago, Mary lost her sight, but that didn't force her to give up her love of gardening. I asked her how her gardening had
1: changed. As a sighted person, of course, I uh, used to enjoy a lot more, I want to say, time and investment in in the effort um, of a vegetable garden. And like I said, that has completely evolved now that I'm putting more time into uh, flowers and less time into um, vegetables. But the biggest change, I would say, is... Um, I would say coming down here uh, has been an impact, too, because most of my gardening years, I was uh, living in New England, in Vermont, and um, gardening up there is very, very different from gardening down here Yes. in terms of the season, the, the growing region, what you can grow, and the soil that you're working with. As my skills developed, I uh, got better at, at producing um, better-looking gardens. So when we moved into this house, it was really the first time I had a chance to really put those skills to, to the test. And we had, of course, just moved down here from up north, so not only testing my skills as a blind person, but also learn learning to garden in a completely different region.
0: Mary, you had made a, um, an interesting comment earlier about making a
1: good-looking garden. Tell me what a good-looking garden is for you. Uh, (laughs) Oh, well, it changes from, I guess, maybe from season to season. But for me, I, I visualize what I have done in my yard and in a particular garden in my yard. And so when I'm out in my garden... One of the things I love to do is I love to feel the flowers or feel the leaves, feel the whole plant. And I just check out everything. I touch the ground around the plant and feel how the plants and the leaves feel, how the flowers feel, how they relate to one another. And I get a picture in my mind of how this might look visually. And so I visualize my gardens because I was a sighted person at one time. I'm able to imagine and paint a picture in in my mind. And so that's how I enjoy my gardens. And of course, not only through my touch, but also through smell, my sense of smell. And that's why you'll find that a lot of my Flowers and flowering shrubs um, are such that they do have fragrance.
0: Mary told me about a recent outing she and her sister had made to a commercial garden and what she discovered about the plants the owner had selected.
1: My sister was describing all of his beautiful flowers and how they were laid out and how he did such a beautiful job of designing the gardens with interspersing the um, greenery, the shrubs and everything, and the vibrant colors and the flowers. But my one thing that I uh, found was there was no fragrance. I kept smelling, I kept burying my nose in the flowers, (laughs) and there was no fragrance. And I said to my sister, at one point we had sat down to take a little rest, And I love to just sit and smell the flowers in a garden. And there was nothing. I was so disappointed. I said to my sister, I get no sense whatsoever that we're sitting in a beautiful garden here because there's just no sense of the earth, no smell of the earth, or the loam, or the mulch, or anything, or the flowers. And I've noticed that more and more with when I go to a nursery to try to pick out the flowers. Um, there's less and less fragrance with the uh, hybrid flowers that they're now developing. They forfeit the the fragrance.
0: Mary's comment about scent got me wondering, are we really breeding the fragrance out of our flowers? So I called Dr. John Dole in the Horticulture Department at NC State University. Dr. Dole specializes in floriculture and works closely with the commercial growers in our state. I asked him if our flowers are in fact losing their scent.
1: Is it true
0: that... Flowers seem to be losing their scent. I've heard other gardeners say this. Um, is, is it is it actually happening? Not.
2: Yeah and no. Um, it's uh, it really goes species by species. Um, we hear it most in roses, and both in cut flowers and in the, in the garden. Garden roses, you know all the fantastic range of colors, you know, and then you start adding in the shrub roses, and now we've got all these different kinds of roses, and they're all being grown for a variety of reasons, one of which is fragrance. So, disease resistance. You know, we've got so much interest now in roses that are black spot resistant, mildew resistant. We want roses that, you know, the Japanese beetles won't eat up. You know, there's that there's not too many whiteflies on, there's not too many aphids um, that, you know, don't have problems with the root rots, which we don't really see much anymore, but that's because breeders have been selecting roses that are resistant to a lot of these things. Um, so we have all these factors that go into making a plant attractive and interesting for a gardener to use. And I'll go back to what I said before, only one of which is fragrance. So it's mostly, in the, ro- the case of roses, it's not a matter that fragrance has been bred out of roses. It's that in the process of breeding all these other characteristics, fragrance isn't always, doesn't always rise to the top.
0: Dr. Dole explained that the loss of fragrance isn't really an active process. It's more an accidental byproduct of the marketplace. If my purchases impact what's available at the garden centers, Well, then I wanted to talk to someone who buys thousands of plants each year.
3: My name is Sharon O'Neill, and I am the nursery buyer here at Logan Trading Company. That means I am responsible for bringing in all the perennials, trees, and shrubs that we carry
0: here at the garden center. Tell me the kinds of things that your customers are looking for when they come here to Logan's. It varies.
3: We have a really broad spectrum of folks who come here with varying degrees of gardening experience, I would say first and foremost, people come in looking for color. They want flowers, they want color, um, they want things that are going to do well here in our area and in some of our more challenging settings. So we really do try to carry plants that um, are going to give them what they're looking for. But what what are the top sort of three things people ask for? Color. And especially, not only color, but bloom time. The longer the bloom, the better. Size. Deer-resistant, rabbit-resistant. And just hardy, low-maintenance. So we do ask a lot of our plants.
0: So I've heard some gardeners especially like myself of a certain age, complain that plants have lost their scent. You know, that those darn hybrids, we've bred the scent out. Is, is that true?
3: I think there is a little bit of that. One example that comes to mind is um, sweet shrub, which is the a native, beautiful, colorful, and fragrant um, shrub in our area. There are some new hybrids where the the flowers are larger and showier but they have they have sacrificed the fragrance.
0: If our gardens are losing their scent well we really only have ourselves to blame. When I went to visit Mary in her garden I was prepared to feel sorry for her but I got that wrong. Gardening taps into all of our senses and Mary showed me that I was only gardening with my eyes. But as we toured her garden, I noticed something: there weren't any weeds, none. Mary's husband joined us out in the garden for a moment, and he revealed one of Mary's superpowers. Mary was bragging about her weeding, and I thought, "Oh yeah, sure, there are no weeds out here."
1: <laughs> I'm pretty I don't persistent. Know how she finds them, but she I'm pretty does. persistent against the weeds. Yeah, yeah I, you've I, succeeded. I do. You I succeeded. Do. Yeah, it's incredible. And there what is, impresses
2: me is she can do it like that.
1: that Eleven you know,
2: o'clock at night when it's dark.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I know. it's cool, right? That's she could garden the in, in the middle that, of the night. Right? That's right. one of the things I should have said on your uh, uh, that I have an advantage to in my gardening. Uh, when you were interviewing me, is oftentimes he'll find me out here after dark doing my gardening in the summer because it's cooler darn it you
0: get extra gardening hours I
1: do I do you know
0: I keep my garden friends and I we keep joking about you know we haven't gotten the extra hour of our gardening day and darn it you do get the extra time I do I do well Mary I still have the recorder on so I'm still interviewing you so we've got you on record now bragging that that you have (laughs) extra time exactly Mary's garden and her ability to enjoy it at night when it's cooler has left me a little well envious of Mary and her abilities She moved slowly but deliberately through her garden bits. And walking with her, I started to notice how the terrain changed underfoot and this chorus of birds sang to us as we moved along. I noticed the texture of her plants as we brushed up against them. I was gardening with my whole body, not just my eyes. But the scent, it was divine. Mary had created a scentscape, mixing big, bold scents and delicate fragrances that made me stop and want to find their source. I realized that I had just painted a pretty picture of my garden, and now it feels flat and two-dimensional. Mary's taught me to consider all a plant has to offer. Plants, just like people, are more than just the way they look. Here at Triangle Gardener, we've decided to go looking for fragrant plants. So we're joining the National Plant Something Campaign, and we're asking you to tell us what your favorite fragrant plant is by using the hashtag plantsomethingfragrant in your social media postings. So let's see if we can't shake some scent back into the garden centers. So tag your favorite fragrant plants on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and anywhere else in your digital world with the hashtag #PlantSomethingFragrant. fragrant. You can find our show on iTunes. And if you like what we're doing, give us a review. I'm Lise Jenkins, and this is the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. Thanks for listening.